0: Welcome to The Voice of the Resistance with Doc Washburn. We're the show that pushes back against the Uniparty and lets you in on the news that traditional talk radio is all too often afraid to talk about. This is episode 225 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. It's Thursday, August 25th, 2022. Just so you understand where I'm coming from, I was fired by one of the biggest radio companies in America, Cumulus Media, simply because I refused their vaccine mandate. More evidence comes out all the time a lot of people are having serious negative reactions to the vaccines. Also, I will never call Joe Biden president because it's obvious the last U.S. presidential election was stolen. I will never pretend a man can become a woman, and I will never forget about the January 6 political prisoners most Republican politicians refuse to mention. And August 8th, 2022, the day the Biden regime's secret police conducted an unprecedented An unconstitutional raid on the home of a former president of the United States is a day that will live in infamy. So this is a really different kind of talk show. We're unmasked, uncensored, and unfiltered. If you'd like to support what we do, go to our website, docwashburn.com, and click on the button that says Become a Patron. Also, please remember to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode. Later this week, I will give you the details of President Trump's lawsuit against Hillary Clinton that you might not have heard of yet. Okay, our guest today, Mike Davis, the former Chief Counsel for Nominations to Senate Judiciary Chairman Chuck Grassley, is the founder and president of the Article Three Project. That is an organization that defends constitutionalist judges and the rule of law. Mike Davis also leads the Internet accountability project, and advocacy organization fighting to reign in big tech, along with the unsilenced majority, an organization dedicated to opposing cancel culture and fighting back against the woke mob and their enablers. As chief counsel for nominations, Mike Davis advised Chairman Grassley and other senators on the confirmation of federal judges and senior executive branch appointees serving as staff lead for 30 hearings and 41 markup meetings, he oversaw the floor votes for 278 nominees, including the confirmations of Justice Brett Kavanaugh and the record number of circuit judges confirmed during President Trump's first two years in office. Mike Davis has served in all three branches of the federal government, including for President George W. Bush, the Justice Department, House Speaker Newt Gingrich, and current Supreme Court Justice Neil Gorsuch. Mike Davis also led the outside support team for Justice Gorsuch's successful confirmation to the Supreme Court. Mr. Davis, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It's an honor to have you. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing well, and thank you for having me.
0: Fantastic. Look, I think millions of Americans are concerned that if the five or six swing states involved in rigging the election in 2020, Arizona, Georgia, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, possibly Nevada, don't strengthen their laws and processes against election fraud. We're in danger of possibly never even electing a Republican president again. What What are your thoughts?
1: Well, I was a Republican election lawyer, a volunteer Republican election lawyer, when I lived in Colorado before I followed Gorse, uh, Justice Gorsuch back out to D.C. Uh, and I was there for five election cycles when Colorado had all male ballots and the way you have to stop election fraud and irregularities with all mail ballots is you need to make sure you have signature verification and uh, election observers. Right. And what Democrats did with COVID is they used COVID as an excuse to illegally ignore election laws. They turned signature verification down to the point where it was meaningless. And then they threw out election observers. And so, if they, if you want to do that and then, and then uh, pretend like it's, you know, an attack on democracy for even questioning that, that's the problem, right? So what we need to do is we need to get rid of this. We need to get rid of this idea that we're going to mail ballots to everyone on the list If people. People should show up on election day and vote. If they can't, then they should have to request a ballot. Yeah, And if you're not, uh, and you have to, and when you request a ballot, You need to prove that you're an American citizen and you're lawfully able to vote. You need to have signature verification. You need to have election observers. And Republicans need to stop being wimps about this and being cowed on issues like, well, it's racist to require a voter ID. That's nonsense. These same Democrats wanted people to have COVID IDs, COVID vaccine IDs, and and they know that, that black Americans are disproportionately more vaccine averse than the rest of Americans, but they were going to do these COVID IDs in New York city and New Orleans, New Orleans and these other cities with high black populations. They had no problem with that on the Democrat side, but then they say that Republicans are racist because we're asking people to get an ID. Like, like, like black Americans don't have the wherewithal like every other American to get a free ID from, from their government. That's just not. And so Republicans need to stop being cowed and to stop, uh being playing by the democrat's rules, they need to earn power and use power like
0: yeah i mean I, I think it's it's what's often been called the soft bigotry of low expectations. I certainly don't think that American uh political liberals uh called Nelson Mandela of South Africa uh a racist for insisting on voter i d when they had uh you know elections down there it's It's ridiculous I, I guess my concern is I just don't know. If the political leaders of these swing states are taking this seriously, and you know, November twenty twenty four is going to be here before we know it.
1: I I, what, what, I think that Republican politicians need to find a backbone. Right? Yeah. They need to yeah. understand that all Democrats care about is power, and they'll do anything they can to to get power and use power. And they'll even use that power to uh, weaponize power to destroy their enemies so they can keep power. So oh, yeah. this is not our parents or our dem, uh, grandparents' Democrat party anymore. These are not liberals who love America and just disagree with us on the best way to get there. These are leftists. These are Marxists hate America. and We need to treat them accordingly.
0: Absolutely. We're speaking with uh, Mike Davis, president of the Article 3 project. Um, so, can you explain to my listeners exactly how outrageous Biden's raid on Mar-a-Lago was?
1: It, I mean, it's an impeachable offense. It's it's so bad. It actually, it, 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 if we actually had a fair a justice system, that people would that these people who did this would be arrested because what they did to President Trump was unprecedented. It's never happened before. It's unnecessary. President Trump was cooperating, including even putting an additional lock on the storage uh, closet when the Biden Justice Department came down there to inspect the records. And it was unlawful. And I can tell you it was unlawful in several ways. Number one, the president of the United States had the absolute constitutional power to declassify anything he wanted for any reason he wanted. Uh, in any manner he wanted And he didn't have to report to any bureaucrat Who worked for him, that's number one That's confirmed by a 1988 Supreme Court case Department of the Navy versus Egan Number two, the President of the United States Had the absolute sole Statutory power To make any presidential record personal So if President Trump Took those records They're declassified and they're personal He made them personal He could make a copy personal He could make the original personal We saw this with a 2012 case by Tom Fenton at Judicial Watch against Bill Clinton, Bill Clinton had eight years of audio tapes of his presidency in his sock drawer. Tom Fenton sued, saying that these are presidential records. And in 2012, this Obama-appointed judge said, "Nope, it's the president's sole decision whether to make these personal records that belong to the president or uh, or presidential records that go to the bureaucrats at the archives." get categorized and then sent back to the president's for the former president's library. So there goes the espionage act violation that the Biden justice department has on their home raid warrant. There goes the destruction of government property that's on their home raid warrants. It's also important to note that the presidential records act, which was passed in the 1970s after Nixon that started applying to presidents from Reagan Forward does not have a criminal component to it. And it actually contemplates, as David Rifkin uh, pointed out in the Wall Street Journal, the Presidential Records Act actually contemplates that former presidents have classified records. That's why Congress gives former presidents a federally funded office with uh, office space with secure compartment facilities or skiffs for classified materials. That's why Congress gives former presidents staff uh, with uh, security clearances, that's why the Congress gives former presidents diplomatic passports and Secret Service protection. These pa- these were paper records in Mar-a-Lago that were declassified by Trump yeah. and made personal. But even if they are classified records, they are secure. This is not like Hillary Clinton's illegal home server that was hacked by foreign governments. These are paper records protected under lock and key and Secret Service protection and cameras and debugging devices.
0: Okay, so the law is really clear on that, and what I'm thinking is, you know, just because liberals are in charge of, uh, you know, this administration and the DOJ and the FBI doesn't mean that there are not very bright lawyers working for Merrick Garland. Uh, Lisa Monaco is no dummy. These people must know the law. So why do you think? They went and did this flagrantly illegal, unconstitutional raid anyway what What do you think they were looking for?
1: I think that what they were looking for are the uh, crossfire hurricane Russian collusion documents that President Trump clearly classified on january nineteenth twenty twenty one the day before he left office. He did this memo declassifying it. Then the bureaucrats of the National archives. And the, the, the liberal lawyers at the, at the Biden Justice Department dragged their feet and did not publicly release the declassified documents. But Trump declassified these. If you look at the home raid, uh, inventory, it's number two. There's the leather bound documents, number two. Yeah. And those are the crossfire hurricane documents, I s- strongly suspect. And, uh, President Trump had a declassified personal copy of those and that leather bound uh, uh, those, in those leather-bound documents, these are highly, highly explosive documents that the Biden, uh, Obama, Hillary, FBI, intel regimes know are highly damaging to them politically. And that's what was the, that the purpose of the raid was to go get those documents back.
0: I saw an interview uh, recently somewhere, Cash Patel, who was uh, worked for uh, Devin Nunes, congressman out of California, Republican who had a lot to do with exposing the Russian collusion hoax, and then uh, late in the Trump administration uh, was chief of staff for the acting uh, secretary of defense. Uh, Cash Patel was being interviewed somewhere and was saying that the day before Trump was to release, uh, the day before Trump was to uh, leave office, he said, hey, you know, declassify all this stuff, get it out there, and apparently he walked out of the room and, and the guys in charge of making sure it happened were like, "Yeah, I don't think we're going to quite do what he said." Um, and you know, I, which to me is insubordination. But I don't see how in the world you do anything about it at this point.
1: What they tried to do was the the bureaucrats tried to drag their feet. So they said, even though President Trump declassified these Crossfire Hurricane records, the deep staters, the people who had the most to lose, said, "Oh." There's the Federal Privacy Act. We need to make sure that this information, that the identifying information in there is redacted because of the Privacy Act, right? So I think Trump and Mark Meadows, out of an abundance of caution, said, okay, go ahead and do your redactions under the Privacy Act and get this out there, and then they never did. And they never got this out there because these, from what I understand from the reporting, public source reporting, these are very damaging documents that, uh, you know, that, that are that blow open the whole Russian collusion uh, scandal even more, and it's uh, I, it's it's in it's in Hillary, Obama, Biden, FBI, intel, community's interest that these documents never see the light of day.
0: I mean, because even with what has seen the light of day, you know, the text between uh, Peter Strzok and Lisa Page, a lot of different things. It's clear uh, that the FBI. Uh, was out to get Donald Trump. It, it's it's clear uh, Bruce and Nellie Orr and all the back-channel stuff going on with the Perkins Coy law firm and Fusion GPS, it's clear that the fix was in before Trump even got into office. Uh, the, the whole Mueller investigation uh, was part of, I think, a, a long-term uh, uh, plot uh, to, to try to keep this president from doing what he was elected to do and obviously the, 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 crossfire hurricane stuff that they seem to be trying to, you know, uh, keep, uh, under wraps would, would expose that, that even more. So, um, so I guess we're, we're, we're waiting to see what the, uh, the magistrate judge down there, this Reinhardt guy is going to rule about, uh, you know, what will have to be, uh, redacted and what won't have to be redacted. Um, but yeah, uh, that this would be explosive, and and no wonder they're they're trying to uh, to keep it from from coming out. Do you think that Joe Biden's DOJ is planning to indict President Trump?
1: I think that was their plan going down there. That because they were clearly going to get they they did they got this unprecedented, unnecessary, unlawful home raid. They got this warrant issued from this clearly biased judge, Bruce Reinhart. Who just recused from Trump's civil lawsuit versus Hillary Clinton on June 22nd? So, what changed over the last, or what changed in six weeks to make his clear bias go away where he can order this unprecedented, unnecessary, unlawful home raid of anyone, especially a former president? This is the same judge who had that 2017 Facebook post bashing President Trump's, uh, by name, his personal integrity. He's clearly biased. Under the U.S. Code 28 U.S.C. 455A, under Canon 2 and Canon of, 2A of the judicial canons, he should have recused from this case. There's no reason he should have been on this case. And uh, he's going to face a lot of judicial misconduct claims for this. But uh, it's, it, this is, they, the, the Biden Justice Department has crossed the red line here. They've done yeah. nuclear, right? And yeah. pun intended. And they are feeling the tremendous political blowback on this and so i think that they've paused they they would love to indict trump and take him off uh, take him off the playing field for 2024 or so because they know look they know that that biden is too demented to run again so who do they have kamala uh Buttigieg. i mean who who do they have on the democrat side they know that trump's going to win the nomination and he's going to win back the presidency yeah And that terrifies them. They're trying to eliminate him as a presidential contender.
0: Well, you know, I hope if he wins back the nomination, he wins back the presidency. But I think we all, on election night 2020, saw him with comfortable leads in all the swing states. We wake up the next morning and like, what happened? I mean, my concern, because even Time Magazine in February 2021 did a 20 page cover story about how the whole thing was was rigged and stolen. But they said, well, you know, we didn't steal it. We uh, we had to uh, reinforce the thing to just make sure we couldn't put America through four more years of Trump. I'm just very you know, I go back to what I said before. Unless uh, unless the powers of be in states like Pennsylvania and Michigan, Georgia, tighten things up. I'm really concerned about 2024. I mean, by all rights whether it's Trump or DeSantis or whoever, um, you know, Republicans are going to win in 2024 in a, in, a, in a free and fair election. I just, I just hope we have that. Um, so let me ask you, there are reports out of FBI whistleblowers contacting Republican members of Congress, including your old boss, Senator Grassley, uh, with all kinds of complaints of what's going on in the FBI. Apparently whistleblowers have told Senator Ron Johnson they were under orders not to do anything with Hunter Biden's laptop which the FBI had for almost a year before the 2020 presidential election uh clearly there's all kinds of damning evidence of all kinds of crimes that were committed on that laptop at at, at this late date is there anything that could be done about this
1: so uh, FBI director Chris Ray who he he is a he is a snake. He is uh he is Comey's he was Comey's protégé for 5 years during the Bush 43 administration. President Trump got uh cornered into picking him after after Trump fired Comey from the FBI. He got cornered into picking Chris Ray and it was it was F, this FBI director was Trump's biggest mistake. He should have fired him before he left office because this guy is uh, this Chris Ray lets the FBI run him. He does not run the FBI. Right. You have all these uh, top deputies to, to Chris Ray who are just openly partisan Democrats, like the guy who's running the FBI uh, Washington field office. He's the guy who came from the Detroit field office, right? This guy is a Democrat operative who's running the field Office uh, the Washington field Office for the FBI is a, a a key official in the FBI who's driving a, a lot of this stuff. You have these people in the FBI's counter espionage section. the same people who did the Russian collusion hoax are now the same unit is now doing this home raid. You have this uh, Jay brat guy at Maine Justice in the National Security Division. It's, look, when, we're, when I'm criticizing the FBI, the Democrats will say, oh, you're attacking law enforcement. How can, you, how can you attack the FBI agents who are you know, working for America? That's not what this is about. I am not attacking the rank and file of the FBI. I think those are great Americans who have a tough job, and they're, they're good people doing good things. I'm talking about the leadership of the FBI and a specific unit in the FBI that is rotten to the core, and it needs to be... It, it, they need to clean house. When when Chuck Grassley, my former boss, if Republicans take back the Senate and he becomes the Judiciary Committee chairman again in January, yeah. I guarantee you he'll get to the bottom of this. He is the best oversight guy in the history of Congress. He's been doing this oversight for decades, and he's the one who exposed the Russian collusion hoax by the Biden, Obama, Hillary regimes. He'll get to the bottom of this. This is why it's so important for republicans for conservatives to get out and vote this november and don't let past grievances or issues about the election get you to not vote this is too important we need to get out there and we need to win back the house we need to win back the senate we need to have a critical check on this administration because we're losing our country these, again these are not our parents or grandparents democrats these are hardcore leftist marxists who are trying to destroy our country
0: oh no no question about it and uh, you alluded to the guy who was in charge of the Detroit field office uh, when they had this, this hoax about uh, kidnapping uh, Governor Whitmer of Michigan, which was an FBI op from start to finish. And a couple of guys were even exonerated because a jury a few months ago said, this is entrapment. Um, as soon as that, uh, that caper was announced in October, of 2020 when early voting had already begun in Michigan. It was cl- clearly announced to influence the election. This uh, Dan Tuono guy in charge of the uh, uh, FBI field office in Detroit is promoted to be in charge of the FBI field office in Washington, D.C. Um, you know, just uh, a few months before January 6th, which brings us to the January 6th political prisoners. Um, you have... Uh, juries of partisan, rabid Democrats in Washington, D.C., a place that voted 95% for Biden, uh, just in in record time giving uh, guilty verdicts to whoever's brought up before them for whatever crime and throwing people in in jail for long terms who didn't commit any acts of violence, no vandalism, no anything there. Um, What? what are your concerns about that whole process?
1: And we have uniparty judges who are appointed to the D.C. District Court, these coward judges, yeah, who, even Republican-appointed judges who are complete cowards and they're not protecting these defendants' constitutional rights. If these were BLM protesters, you know, burning down the St. John's Church next to the White House, they wouldn't be charged. And if they were charged, you'd have these cowardly judges protecting their constitutional rights. Because, but because it's Trump in January 6th, Look, what happened on January 6th was bad, right? You can't lump everyone together. You can't lump together the people who are there peacefully. Even if you think they're crazy or wrong, they have an absolute First Amendment right to be there, right, to yeah. protest. Yeah. And you can't differentiate. And then there are there's a separate set of people who trespass. Okay, that's civil disobedience, charging with trespass. And then if you're violent, I get it. If you're violent, I don't have any sympathy for you, right? But... You can't treat the January sixth people differently from the BLM Antifa people who rioted and destroyed American cities, murdered you know dozens of people, two right. billion dollars worth of damage, and they get they get nothing. But we're going to hunt down every grandma and goofball who trespassed and took selfies on January sixth. That we can't have that. This this same Biden Justice Department, this same FBI Director Chris Ray, Attorney General Merrick Garland. They have given amnesty to people who are uh, obstructing justice by harassing and intimidating Supreme Court justices and their families outside of their homes. That yeah. is a clear violation of federal code obstruction of justice. They, nothing happens to them, right? They, we had Supreme Court justices and their families removed from their homes. Justice Kavanaugh, his wife, Ashley, their two daughters faced an assassination attempt. And then the Biden justice department says that these protesters, these obstruction campaigns, are protected by the First Amendment. No, they're not. There's clear case law on point. They can have time, place, and manner restrictions on these intimidation campaigns, and someone's home is off limits, especially a federal judge's home. We saw Judge Esther Salas, an Obama-appointed judge who had her... Uh, son, 20-year-old son Daniel murdered, and her husband Mark seriously wounded in their homes. You cannot dox federal judges. You can't show up to their homes. It is a deadly game, and the Biden Justice Department gives them amnesty. He, the Biden Justice Department gives BLM amnesty, right? You give amnesty to all of these bad actors on the left, and then you throw the full force of the FBI after you know, everyone on January sixth and treat them all as like they're domestic terrorists or insurrectionists. This is nonsense. And then we have these cowardly judges keeping these people in jail, sometimes in, in solitary confinement for months. Yeah. Right? Without charges being made. This is this is unacceptable. And these judges, and I know these judges, I helped confirm them, including Trump judges. They are such a disappointment that they're not protecting these uh these defendants' constitutional rights, just like any other defendants' constitutional rights, because they're so scared of the uniparty's response, right? Yeah, they, they have lifetime tenure. They have pay protection for a reason. They're not supposed to care about the uniparty in DC and their and their political concerns. They're supposed to do their damn jobs, and they're not doing it.
0: Absolutely. So, Americans see video of Lieutenant Michael Bird, Capitol Hill Police. Shooting an unarmed woman, Ashley Babbitt. A few Americans have seen video of a Capitol Hill police officer uh, pummeling, beating Roseanne Boyland uh, down uh, at, at another part of the Capitol complex on January 6, who 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 died shortly thereafter. We see that the FBI would not do anything with all the crimes on Hunter Biden's laptop. We see that although Glenn Maxwell has been sentenced to prison for procuring underage girls for Jeffrey Epstein's clients. Um, None of them, whoever they are, are being prosecuted. So I I hope you can bear with me with a stupid question. I'm not a lawyer, uh, but I talked to a lot of lawyers, and a few years ago I found out about this thing called a writ of mandamus where people can sue and try to have a court force the government to do its job uh, is that just out of the question in any of these serious miscarriages of justice that we that we see going on?
1: It would be very difficult. Yeah. Uh, because the the president, the executive branch has very 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 broad prosecutorial discretion on what what charges they bring and what they don't bring. Yeah. Here's what needs to happen. This is this is the thing that needs to happen. The Democrats control the federal government, right? And they control it when. Democrats are in the White House and they control the federal government when Republicans are in the White House. what needs to happen is when the Republicans take back control, what we need to do is instead of just having the FBI director that's on a 10-year term and only one political appointee at the, the FBI, what they need to do is they need to have the top three layers of the FBI, the director, the deputy directors, and the assistant directors, including the assistant director in charge of the Washington field office, these need to be presidentially appointed and Senate confirmed positions. So at least during Republican administrations, you know, every four to eight years, these positions can be accountable to the president and they can be accountable to the Congress, right? Because right now there's no accountability. These FBI um, uh, senior officials are accountable to no one, right? And that needs to change. We need. We can't have an FBI. The FBI doesn't even think they report to the Attorney General especially they don't think they report to the de- Deputy Attorney General, even though they clearly do a- on the org chart on paper. Yeah. The FBI is out of control. And, again, it's not the FBI line agents. It is the political leadership. It is the structure. They have too much independence. They have too much unaccountability. That needs to change.
0: It certainly does. And all too often the problem is you have these line agents at the field offices who have to follow uh, orders from from the higher-ups, and are banging somebody's door down at 6 o'clock in the morning with the CNN camera crews there uh, just for the, the political intimidation. Uh, Mike Davis, uh, head of the Article 3 Project. Uh, the website is article3project.org. Uh, Brother Davis is all over Twitter, uh, and I learn a lot every time I go to his his Twitter profile, I can't thank you enough for all that you are doing to try to uh, protect freedom and liberty uh, in this country, and and we thank you for coming on the uh, the Doc Washburn Show. God bless you, and Godspeed.
1: Thank you so much for having me on, and uh, our, your, your listeners should not stop fighting. Thank yes. you again.
0: Yes, sir. Amen. Thank you, sir. God bless you. Thank you. This is what we try to do on the Doc Washburn Show. This is what we try to do. We try to bring you the truth. We try to warn you about what is going on. We try to warn you about what is coming up. I don't ever want you to say, Doc, why didn't you tell us? Why didn't you warn us? So from time to time, we're blessed to be able to do an interview with someone like Mike Davis. Who makes this possible? Well, it's the grace of God uh, above and beyond anything else. But it is also our advertisers, our friends, who make it possible for us to do the Doc Washman Show five times a week, and we can't thank them enough. If you try to buy a car recently, you realize there's such a chip shortage, you may have a hard time finding what you're looking for. People I know have actually bought vehicles from hundreds of miles away from where they live That's where Red River Your Way comes in. Red River Your Way is a big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including your freedom to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV the way you want to. You can buy online, and they'll drive it to you no matter where you are. Red River Your Way wants to make your car buying experience as easy and transparent as possible. That's why they've added technology to their website to put you in complete control of your payment options and allows you to complete the entire purchase process online. But don't worry, Red River experts are still here to help you every step of the way if you have any questions. Red River makes it so easy. As you browse their selection, you'll see each vehicle has a button that says Explore Payment Options on it. Clicking that button guides you through a few easy questions and then create personalized payment options you have complete control over. All you have to do is adjust your preferences, And all the math happens automatically so you can figure out what monthly payment works best for your budget. Red River Your Way makes car buying online easy. Your whole car buying process is completely transparent. If you want to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV, order online from the Nationwide Car Dealer that believes in freedom. The dealer that will deliver your vehicle to your front door no matter where you live. RedRiverYourWay.com. You will be glad you did. See this. Does your financial advisor take the time to listen and get to know you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situations change? When you work with Jonathan Presswood, he focuses on what's important to you. He uses an established process to help you achieve your unique goals, whether that's preparing for retirement, making your money last in retirement, planning your estate or inheritance, preparing for the unexpected, or anything else, Jonathan Presswood can help. Now, what should you do if you leave a job and have a 401k or other retirement plan? Or if you're getting close to retirement or already in retirement? Call my friend Jonathan Presswood today. He'll help you create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And he'll partner together with you to help your strategy stay on track no matter what life throws at you. Listen, we can all dream of having a perfect retirement, but how many of us will actually experience it? No matter where you are today, Jonathan Presswood is offering a free retirement analysis to figure out where you'd like to be and what it will take to get you there. And there's no obligation. Contact Jonathan Presswood, a financial advisor with Edward Jones Investments, today at 501-501. 303-4844. Again, that's 501-303-4844. Don't wait. Call Jonathan Presswood today at 501-303-4844. Now, if you're like me, you can't remember phone numbers, go to our website, docwashburnshow.com. Just click on the link to Jonathan Presswood at Edward Jones. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Member SIPC. All right, thank you so much again to some of our advertisers. Jonathan Presswood at Edward Jones Financial Advisors. Also, Mitch Ward at redriveryourway.com, which also also sponsors the tweet of the day, and that'll be coming up uh, a little bit later. Let me, um, interesting, uh, the, the interview we did with Mike Davis. He's talking about the out of control of FBI. And I have been pushing back all week been against Mike Pence. Um, I just don't think that you can be any more tone deaf than Mike Pence is. When he just tells everybody, shut up about the FBI. When he says stuff like this. And these attacks on the FBI
2: must stop. <laughs>
0: Calls to defund the FBI are just as wrong as calls to defund the police. Okay, I do a national podcast, but I happen to be in the state of Arkansas. And there's a story out of the state of Arkansas. A former FBI agent said he's pleading guilty to paying a business to wipe his computer hard drive to make it unavailable for forensic examination. According to a statement, former FBI agent Robert Cesario from the Little Rock office of the FBI was charged with corrupt destruction of record in an official proceeding in connection to the trial of former Arkansas State Senator John Woods, a Republican. On August 17th, Cesario issued a statement saying he's pleading guilty as part of a plea deal In the case, the former federal agent stated in court documents, according to local Arkansas media outlets, that's KTV, Channel 7 in Little Rock, he said, and I quote, I erased the contents of the computer hard drive knowing that the court has ordered that the computer be submitted for a forensic examination. I did so with the intention of making the contents of the computer's hard drive unavailable for forensic examination. At the time, I knew that the contents of the hard drive were relevant to an official proceeding. That is, cause number 5 colon 17 dash CR dash 50010, United States versus Woods et al. Cesario's statement also noted he corruptly performed and had performed the erasures with intent to impair the integrity and availability of the computer hard drive and its contents for use in that official proceeding. He said, I am guilty of the violation alleged. I wonder why he thought he could get away with it. Because former state senator John Woods is still sitting in the federal penitentiary in Oklahoma. I wonder why this FBI agent thought he could get away with it. By the way, big thanks to the com for publicizing this nationally. I don't think anybody else is. I mean, you don't think... uh, CNN's going to be interested in this, do you? I didn't think so. You don't think uh, MSNBC, you don't think ABC, CBS, you don't think anybody like that's going to be interested in this, do you? I didn't think so. So I did a search for this guy's name, Cesario, on FoxNews.com. They got nothing. Nothing. I am guilty of the violation alleged, he said. Court documents show Cesario faces as many as 20 years in prison and a fine of up to $250,000 and three years of supervised release, according to local media reports. His sentencing, though, will come at a later date, which has not been disclosed. What do you want to bet he doesn't get any prison time? What do you want to bet they uh, give him the old Kevin Kleinsmith routine? You remember Kevin Kleinsmith, the FBI attorney who lied so they could do surveillance on Carter Page, so they could do surveillance on Donald Trump. What do you want to bet? Well, look, I knew it was a stupid question, but I had to ask Mike Davis about the writ of mandamus (laughs) because you don't know the answer to a stupid question unless you ask it. All right, let me uh, let me go back to the article from the Epic Times. And I would not be surprised if you're hearing about this for the first time. The case stems from the trial involving former State Senator John Woods, who in 2018 was convicted of mail fraud and wire fraud charges. He was accused of taking kickbacks in return for steering state grants to Ecclesia College in Springdale, Arkansas. Cesario former FBI agent, was ordered in 2018 to turn the laptop over to computer experts at the FBI state headquarters in Little Rock, Arkansas, after a discrepancy was brought to light at a November 2018 pretrial hearing, according to court records. Before that, Cesario had the laptop professionally er- erased because it contained personal medical records, according to the investigator. Then he personally erased the computer's hard drive again before turning it in. He testified in Arkansas court in 2018. I should not have done that. Okay, no, wait, it's 2022 now. Why are we waiting four years? Huh? In 2020, attorneys for John Woods argued against Cesario's credibility after the computer hard drive was wiped. They made the claim, in a bid to dismiss John Woods' conviction, Arkansas attorney Patrick Benka, representing John Woods, told Courthouse News at the time, and I quote, he actually got up on the stand and testified under oath, and that court found him to be testifying untruthfully. That timed with the wiping of the laptop created what I believe the court's conclusion is there was potentially useful information on that laptop and it shouldn't have been destroyed, unquote. So um, we're trying to get an interview with Little Rock attorney Patrick Benka about this case and about what was done to his client, State Senator John Woods. This is outrageous. And again, does this point to a culture of corruption in the FBI? Why did FBI agent Robert Cesario of the Little Rock FBI office think he could get away with this? I want to know. I hope you want to know. President Trump, breaking news today, accused the Department of Justice of trying to circumvent the 1978 Presidential Records Act during this month's FBI raid on his Florida residence while claiming the agency is leaking information to the press. Well, that's obvious. You don't have to be a Trump fan to realize DOJ is leaking information to the press. Even though Merrick Garland said they're not talking to the press, you know he's lying. Trump wrote over on his Truth Social platform, it cannot be circumvented for me or any other president. They illegally raided my home and took things that should not have been taken. They even broke into my safe and unthinkable act. Now, around the same time, and again, this is from the theepictimes.com, around the same time, the 45th president accused the FBI and Department of Justice of leaking information to the media at levels never seen before in regards to the raid and investigation. He did not elaborate on a specific instance of agency leaks to the media about the raid or investigation. However, during the early stages of Trump's presidency, legacy news outlets would frequently cite alleged anonymous sources and officials within the Justice Department and FBI, including for the more spurious claims relating to the Russian collusion narrative. Later, former special counsel Robert Mueller wrote he found no evidence that Trump's 2016 campaign colluded with Russia. And a memo released by the Justice Department yesterday afternoon show that two Department of Justice officials in 2019 wrote that Trump also did not obstruct justice, and even if he did, he should not be prosecuted for because he's the president. The unredacted document dated March 2019. Have you heard about this anywhere else? I didn't think so. The unredacted document dated March 2019 said... We conclude that the evidence described in Volume 2 of the report is not, in our judgment, sufficient to support a conclusion beyond a reasonable doubt that the President violated the obstruction of justice statutes. In addition, we believe that certain of the conduct examined by the special counsel could not, as a matter of law, support an obstruction charge under the circumstances. Trump, in a statement released via his Save America PAC, hailed the release of the memo, and thanked the left-wing citizens for, citizens for responsibility and ethics for filing a lawsuit to seek its release. Trump's statement said in the nine-page memo is revealed that nothing would warrant a prosecution for obstruction of justice and underscored that Mueller had not found sufficient evidence to charge any underlying crime and that the president reasonably believed that the special counsel's investigation was interfering with his governing agenda. Today, the Department of Justice is ordered to submit a redacted affidavit that was used to obtain the FBI search warrant to U.S. Magistrate Judge Bruce Reinhardt, who signed off on the warrant earlier this month. Department of Justice lawyers had argued the affidavit should not be released in any capacity while Reinhardt has signaled earlier this week that he is willing to make it public. The Epoch Times, of course, has contacted the Justice Department for comment. Well, good luck on getting any. Good luck on getting any. Now, the um, there's, there's a major media blackout on the fact that Donald Trump is suing Hillary Clinton, the DNC, and a lot of other people. If you go to say, for instance, Wikipedia and type in Trump versus Clinton to find out about the lawsuit, they just give you the twenty sixteen election. They're like lawsuit? We don't know anything about a lawsuit. Well, I've got the lawsuit. And on the next episode of the Doc Washburn show, I will be sharing as much as I can the salient parts of the lawsuit. Because you need to know. And it's not just Hillary. It's not just the DNC. You got James Comey, Peter Strzok, Lisa Page, Kevin Kleinsmith, Andrew McCabe. A lot of people on this thing. And that will be on the next episode of the Doc Washburn Show. By the way, did you know the FBI searched data of millions of Americans without warrants? Yeah, Bloomberg had the story in April of this year. The FBI searched emails, texts and other electronic communications of as many as 3.4 million U.S residents without a warrant over a year. The nation's top spy chief said this in a report. The queries were made between December 2020 and November of 2021 by FBI personnel as they looked for signs of threats and terrorists within electronic data legally collected under the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, according to an annual transparency report issued in April by the Office of the Director of National Intelligence. Well, I wonder if they're looking for other stuff, too. I wonder if there might have been any FBI agents looking for information from, like, you know, former girlfriends, stuff like that. I mean, what safeguards would be in place to keep them from doing that sort of thing. Anyway, the Bloomberg article from April of this year says the surge came as the FBI made a push to stop hacking attacks, but the ACLU called that an evasion of privacy on an enormous scale. Ashley Gorski, senior staff attorney with the ACLU National Security Project, said in a statement, today's report sheds light on the extent of these unconstitutional backdoor searches it's past time for Congress to step in to protect Americans' Fourth Amendment rights. How about that? I, I didn't see the ACLU concerned about Donald Trump's Fourth Amendment rights on the Mar-a-Lago raid, but may, maybe I missed it. The authority the FBI used in this case was under Section 702 of FISA, which is set to expand uh, expire at the end of next year, unless it's renewed by Congress. I think, didn't they vote to renew it since April? Yeah, this is messed up, man. It is messed up. I think Mike Davis had some good advice. If we ever get another Republican president, he needs to fire Christopher Wray and um, fire everybody in the top few levels of the FBI. But I'm telling you, I think there are plenty of FBI agents and field offices that need to go also. I, I, I guess my view of the FBI is a little bit more severe than, uh, than Brother Davis's view. They've just done too much and gotten away with too much over the years. And um, I'm calling for defunding the FBI. Start over with something else. But their violations of Americans' constitutional rights are massive, are broad, are widespread. And we can't just keep pretending that the problem is just with a few people in leadership on the seventh floor of the FBI building in Washington, D.C. And these attacks on the FBI must stop. Calls to defund the FBI are just as wrong as calls to defund the police. Ah, shut up. Man, does he want to run for president. Is that obvious or what? Does he ever want to run for president? I don't think that's going to work out, though. I don't think that's going to work out. Thank you once again to our advertisers, our friends, for making it possible for us to do what we do five times a week. And I'd like to help you with some health issues. You have migraines, neck pain, back pain, vertigo, acid reflux, eczema, problems with your blood sugar, maybe even hay fever. Okay, let's do a little test. Look in the mirror. Does one eye look bigger than the other? Are your eyes off balance? Are your shoulders off balance? Look at a picture of yourself. Are you tilting your head to the left or the right instead of sitting up or standing up straight? If the answer to any of these questions is yes, you probably need to get your atlas adjusted. That's how I got rid of my migraines, neck pain, and hay fever. Let me explain to you how it works because it's the best-kept secret in American healthcare. care. Your skull weighs anywhere from 8 to 15 pounds. It rests on the top bone of your spinal column, the atlas, which only weighs 2 ounces. So it's really easy for your atlas to get out of alignment. If it does, your whole spinal column can get kinked up like a chain, restricting your central nervous system's ability to send impulses to the rest of your body. It can affect your respiratory system, reproductive system, circulatory system, even digestive system, and yes, it can cause migraines, neck pain, back pain, acid reflux, eczema, vertigo, problems with your blood sugar. Do yourself a favor. If you're in Arkansas, call my friends at the Arkansas Upper Cervical Center and 501-279-2009 for a free consultation to see if you need to get your atlas adjusted, because you probably do. If you're outside Central Arkansas, go to their website, turnmypoweron.com, and click on Find a Doctor Near You. And I sure hope you can. Thank you once again to Doctors J.R. Crabtree and his wife, Dr. Tanya Crabtree. They are advertisers for The Doc Washburn Show. They are our friends. And our doctors. And they've been so helpful to me and my wife and so many people that we know. And we can't thank you enough. All right. um, Let's look at this article that came out earlier this month from Julie Kelly at American Greatness entitled, The FBI Twice Interfered in the 2020 Election to Sabotage Trump. Now what? What? Subtitled, the evidence is amassed and verified. The only unknown is what Republicans will do next. She says it could be the whopper of the year. Matthew Olson, head of the Justice Department's National Security Division, solemnly assured the House Judiciary Committee during a hearing in late July, quote, I can tell you that in every case we follow the facts and the evidence and the law and we do so without regard to politics or ideology. Now Olson was responding to a question by U.S. Representative Dan Bishop about the decision to arrest several men for supposedly conspiring to abduct and assassinate Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer in 2020. Congressman Bishop asked Olson the alleged Whitmer plot was announced on October 7th, 2020, within a month of the U.S. presidential election. How come that was the timing for the FBI's announcement of this plot? Olson refused to explain why, opting instead to commit borderline perjury by insisting the Justice Department turns a blind eye to politics, all evidence accumulated over the past six years to the contrary. But now the two men have been acquitted after defense attorneys convinced a Michigan jury in April that the FBI had indeed entrapped their clients, the jury deadlocked, and two other defendants. Congressman Bishop's question demands an answer. And it won't come from a dangerously weaponized Justice Department focused almost entirely on prosecuting Americans who protested Joe Biden's election on January 6, 2021, and with its sights now trained on indicting Donald Trump, despite Olson stonewalling. The answer to Congressman Bishop's question is in plain sight, just as it did with phony claims of Russian election collusion. In 2016, the FBI fabricated a scandal in 2020 aimed at sabotaging Trump right before a national election. FBI authorities did not thwart A kidnapping plot, the agency created one while simultaneously attempting to duplicate the effort in Virginia against Governor Ralph Northam. Trump heavily criticized both Democrat leaders for sustained lockdown policies, including his April 2020 tweets to liberate Michigan and liberate Virginia. No kidnapping plan existed outside the minds of multiple FBI agents and informants responsible for conceiving and executing these operations with approval from FBI headquarters in Washington. In fact, the men criminally charged did not even know each other before the FBI began stitching the group together in March 2020. The Whitmer kidnapping hoax is another flagrant instance of the FBI interfering in a presidential election. Whitmer and Joe Biden both made the most of the politically fortuitous news blaming Trump for inspiring the alleged kidnappers. On October 8th, 2020, in reaction to the arrest, Biden said there's a through line from President Trump's dog whistles and tolerance of hate, vengeance, and lawlessness to plots such as this one. At a campaign stop the following week in Michigan, Biden had a full-blown tantrum over the plot he ranted. All President Trump does is fan the flames of hatred and division in this country. What the hell's the matter with this guy? Governor Whitmer played the role of victim to a sympathetic media throughout October 2020. She made the rounds on cable and Sunday news programs to accuse Trump of motivating domestic terrorists to, quote, kidnap, put me on trial, and execute me, unquote. Whitmer, in fact, though, knew of the plot and was never in any danger. Trump and his team spent days in the final stretch of the campaign denying the unfounded allegations. The president walked out of an interview with 60 Minutes host Leslie Stahl after she forced the issue in late October. Some data suggests the media onslaught may have succeeded. Polls showed a precipitous drop for Trump in Michigan after mid-October as Michiganders and millions of Americans were voting early in the presidential race. Trump will never know how many votes he lost as a result of the damaging headlines, but it's unrealistic to believe the extensive negative coverage had zero impact. And while the FBI was cooking up the Whitmer and Northam kidnapping hoaxes in 2020, the agency was cooking the books on a real scandal, the Biden family's overseas grift, according to whistleblowers. The FBI moved to quash any investigation in Hunter Biden's financial activities, including his ties to Burisma, the Ukrainian energy company that paid Hunter 83000 a month between 2014 and 2019, purportedly for serving on its board. Senator Charles Grassley disclosed in late July of this year, quote, In August of 2020, FBI supervisory intelligence analyst Brian Auden opened an assessment, which was used by a team of agents at FBI headquarters to improperly discredit and falsely claim that derogatory information about Biden's activities was disinformation causing investigative activity and sourcing to be shut down, unquote. FBI officials subsequently briefed Grassley and Senator Ron Johnson of Wisconsin to warn that any information related to a Senate investigation was the product of a foreign disinformation campaign against the Bidens. News of the briefing was leaked to the Washington Post August 5th, 2020. Brian Otten, as in he oughtn't be doing that, a key FBI figure in the Russia collusion hoax, then buried in a future potential probe by placing, quote, their assessment findings in a restricted access subfolder, effectively flagging sources and derogatory evidence related to Hunter Biden. As disinformation. That opened the door for Team Biden, Democrats, and the media, but I repeat myself to dismiss any reporting on Hunter Biden as more election year chicanery by the Kremlin. Reports published in the New York Post shortly before Election Day were quickly designated Russian disinformation by top former intelligence officials, including former CIA Director John Brennan and former Director of National Intelligence James Clapper, two authors of the Russia collusion hoax themselves. The trail of incriminating emails found on the laptop the chiefs claimed in an October 19, 2020 letter has all the classic earmarks of a Russian disinformation operation. This is the sort of internal warfare that takes down nations or at least tightens the grip of the ruling regime until it successfully strangles any and all political opposition. Republicans now have two legitimate examples of how the FBI not only buried evidence of potentially serious crimes committed by Joe Biden's family and perhaps the candidate himself to protect the Biden Harris ticket in 2020, but also have evidence of how the agency fabricated other crimes to damage Donald Trump. The latter is not without a human toll. Brandon Caserta and Daniel Harris, the men found not guilty, spent 18 months in jail despite their innocence and now struggle to put their lives back together. Adam Fox and Barry Croft Jr. have been in jail since October 2020 and, of course, stood trial again this month. Who pays? Who pays? Julie Kelly says it does not appear the congressional Republicans have any plan to deal with this subversive agency aside from a flurry of sternly worded letters and heated television interviews. The same failed strategy the GOP pursued after 2016, which only emboldened the FBI to again play politics in the 2020 election. Some Republican leaders miraculously, or maybe infuriatingly, hold unjustified trust in FBI Director Christopher Wray who has not faced a single question about his foreknowledge and involvement in the Whitmer kidnapping hoax. Senator Grassley said during a Fox News interview a few weeks ago, I would expect Ray to come up with some concrete program where he's going to be able to tell the 22 members of this committee what he's going to do to take political bias out of the investigations that the FBI is doing. Yeah, that didn't happen. But the time for Ray to clean up the FBI's act is long gone, and the problem isn't just a matter of leadership. As both the Whitmer hoax and the ongoing military-style roundup of January 6 protesters show, the rot of the FBI extends to each of the agency's 56 field offices, combined with other scandals, not the least of which is the FBI's delayed investigation into serial molester Larry Nasser. It's obvious the FBI is not salvageable. I've been trying to tell you. Republicans in the House and Senate must develop a strategy to dismantle the FBI and punish its most egregious offenders if the GOP takes control next year. A free country cannot exist much longer under control of a Praetorian Guard that the opposition party is too afraid to confront. The evidence is amassed, the evidence is verified, and the only unknown is what Republicans will do next. That is Julie Kelly over at amgreatness.com. The article is entitled, The FBI Twice Interfered in the 2020 Election to Sabotage Trump. Now what? I try to share it with you. I try to share with you news that I don't think you're hearing anywhere else. And I appreciate the opportunity to do this five times a week. All right, hit it, Brian. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. It's the Don Washburn Show tweet of the Day. Brought to you by RedRiverYourWay.com. Red River Your Way is the big old car dealership in the middle of the USA, the bleeds in freedom, including your freedom to buy the car, truck, van, or SUV of your choice online, the way you want to, And have it delivered to your front door anywhere in the continental United States of America. All right. Tweet of the day is from Tom Fitton, the head of Judicial Watch. This dropped last night on Twitter. The tweet says, Clinton case shows that not only did Trump do nothing wrong, but that the raid on his home by Biden operation was a wild abuse of power. And there is a video clip with the
2: tweet, and let's hear what Tom Fitton has to say in the video clip. Bill Clinton, after he had left office, we found out that he had kept 70, I think it was 78 or 79 recordings, tapes, tape recordings of his activities as president. There was an author who was, I think, in in his residence, or maybe it was in the Oval Office or both, it doesn't really matter, And he wasn't just interviewing Bill Clinton, and these weren't his just casual thoughts. These tapes were documenting his presidency in the sense they captured him, according to reports, communicating with foreign leaders, members of Congress, etc. And we had seen uh, that material uh, be publicly disclosed somehow. And back in 2009, back when I was a little kid, we asked for them under... I believe the FOIA law, the Freedom of Information Act, we may have invoked the Presidential Records Act because um, uh, because of the intersection between the two. Uh, and I won't get into too much complexity on that, but essentially the PRA, once the records become part of the Presidential Records Act uh, process over at the archives and are processed, uh, they're subject to disclosure under law. And... Uh, <laughs> and the disclosure requirements are similar to FOIA so they're all it's all kind of bound up in the same uh, uh, uh the same approach in terms of public disclosure so our thinking was well how is it the president can take records with him that evidently relate to government decision making and just say they're personal and we thought that the uh, presidential records act and the law generally required the archives to go and get them And this is what happened. The Justice Department, who represented the archives in the case we pursued, said, nope, you can't do it. You can't force them to do it. The president has the right to have the records. They're presumptively his because he didn't transfer them over at the end of his presidency. So we just presume them to be personal. I want to say that again. The lawyer for the archives told a federal court judge that because a president had certain records, after the presidency, that he had not turned over to the archives at the end of his presidency, they were presumed to be personal. Now, did they tell that the Judge Reinhart down in Florida when they went in there waving their arms, waving their hands, saying, oh, he has presidential records, oh, he has classified records? I doubt it. I doubt it. And you can bet that's why they don't want to turn over to Judicial Watch and to you, the American people, the full explanation, the full background as to what they told the judge there.
0: There you go, Tom Fitton, today's Tweet of the Day, brought to you by RedRiverYourWay.com. Now again, this magistrate judge down there in South Florida, Bruce Reinhardt, who signed off on the search warrant so they could raid Trump's home at Mar-a-Lago, six weeks earlier had recused himself from the Trump versus Hillary Clinton et al. lawsuit. He said, I, I would not be able to be impartial on that. i got to recuse myself. Trump versus Clinton. Have you heard about that? Because I'm going to get into the details of exactly what Donald J. Trump is alleging in his lawsuit against Hillary Clinton and James Comey and the DNC and the Fusion GPS and Perkins Coy and McCabe and Strzok and Page and a lot of these people on the next episode of the Doc Washman Show, which I plan to do tomorrow, Friday, August 26th. Again, thank you so much to our advertisers and friends. Uh, thank you so much to Mike Davis for conducting a great interview. If if you have not yet heard my interview with Jeffrey Clark, former Assistant U.S. Attorney General, episode number 220. You need to go back and check that one out, too. But in the meantime, you've been listening to episode 225 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. The views and opinions expressed on the Doc Washburn Show do not necessarily reflect those of our advertisers. But they love us, and we love them. Today's program has been produced by Tim Terrible, directed by Mick Messy. This has been a terribly messy production. Portions of today's show will be taken overseas and dropped. If you'd like a transcript of today's episode of the all-new Doc Washburn Show, simply peel the roof off a Rolls-Royce panel truck and send it to Mansour's Computer Solutions, 7th floor of the Ephemeral B. Smoot Building, Whitehall, Arkansas, in care of Sheriff Mansour Sempier X. And that's the way it is. Thursday, August 25th, 2022.